Here's chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, verse 22. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. I remember counseling this young kid. Uh, he was in the student ministry. I was the interim youth pastor at the church that I was at in Nashville. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't have much background for the kids. I didn't know them well. I hadn't moved there to become the youth pastor. I'd moved there to write curriculum for Lifeway. And then I'd been serving in my church long enough that they knew who I was. And, um, and after six months and a background check and some vetting and testing and approving, they could see like I was already ordained as a pastor. And they're like, well, great, come on board. And so uh, I'm kind of thrust into this position where I'm now the interim youth pastor. And I just kind of show up one Wednesday night from the student's perspective, like, surprise, here I am. I'm your, I'm your youth pastor for now. And so I didn't have the background. I didn't have the knowledge of it. It was weird because, you know, at my previous churches, I had a lot, I've been there for, for years and I knew all the kids really well. I knew all their first, middle, and last names as much as I could. Once they grew past a couple hundred, I couldn't know everything about everybody, but at least we had a mutual respect and trust. And then I just showed up one Wednesday night and the kids of this youth group were like, who is this guy? And there's this one kid that uh, was a great guitarist. Everybody in Nashville is a good guitarist. In fact, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll throw you in jail if you, if you, if you suck at guitar. Um, it's just, it's, the, it's like the law in Nashville, I think. And this kid was leading the band and the student ministry worship band. Um, we didn't, they didn't practice a whole lot, but like they were better than most churches, like adult corporate worship bands because <laughs> it's Nashville. And you know, the kids are raised in good music. Um, and this kid was, this kid could shred. Like he could play really, really well. And his dad was the guitarist for the corporate worship. I've been the drummer for the main service and, and his dad was the guitarist. And he had taught his son how to play. So of course his son was really good too. But his son was really in with the cool crowd at the school that he went to. And his dad was telling me when we were doing rehearsals and stuff for corporate worship and he was telling me like, I was like, I want you to talk to my boy because I can see where he's at. He's at this crossroads. He's cool. He's already cool. He's accepted by the crowd. And they all think that he's cool, but he knows that sometimes being cool means he's got to compromise his spirituality and he feels conviction over that. And he knows that if he, if he fully walks in obedience to Jesus, that it may make him seem uncool to some other people. And he's just got to be willing to make that step. And so uh, I was like, I got you. We're going to work up where I'm going to be your teammate. I'm going to try to help you do this, you know, as you raise your son in this way. And so we did, man, we began speaking with him and, and uh, talking with him about stuff and, and introduced this concept that I called like going social kamikaze, where it's like, look, what if you did just let your own reputation as a cool kid go down in complete and total and absolute flames if that's necessary? By the way, it's often not necessary, especially not in the deep south in Nashville, right? Like Christianity is pretty common there. But even if it did mean like going social kamikaze and being just like blacklisted by the cool kids as a weird Christian, it's worth it if it leads just one person to Christ. Like, isn't your reputation and your, your, your cool status, isn't that worth giving it up if it means that somebody who is going to hell is not going to be in heaven forever? Absolutely, it's worth it. Because like, what's the worst case scenario? You become a pariah for the next couple of years and then you graduate high school and you never look back. <laughs> that's not that's not bad isn't that worth it for the cause of the great commission to make disciples 
And so uh, that became this lingo between the two of us. I'm taking like this pagan, uh, <laughs> this pagan term, this pagan Buddhist term that would be used by, that was, you know, shouted like a divine wind by those who would even like crash their planes into the, into the ships at Pearl Harbor. That was their idea. I took that and kind of Christianized it. And instead it was a social kamikaze where you're willing to just you're willing to commit social suicide if that's what it takes to be known for the gospel. And so I began kind of calling him to do this. And he, he began, his dad was doing the same thing, calling him to do this. His sister, likewise, was telling him to do the same thing. I was going to tell him to do the same thing. And finally, there came this threshold where he just told his friends, like, look, I got I, I to gotta go to church. I want you guys to come with me. I feel like I've not been the Christian I'm supposed to be, and I'm repenting. Who's with me? And he said, like, all the group, all the guys in his friend were like, man, I've been thinking the same thing. Like, all of them were pretending to be cool. And all of them were just kind of leading each other away from godliness. And then so he was the one who broke the ice and led that initiative. And then the, the band got even bigger. <laughs> and all of his friends started coming, too. It was really cool. He was willing to go social kamikaze. But in that particular instance, it didn't have to. And it turns out that all of them were, all of them were secretly being convicted. It was like a bunch of rebellious teenage Christians. They were getting caught up in what's described here, youthful passions. They were getting caught up in youthful passions and then they needed to flee from them. But it's not just fleeing. When it comes to youthful passions like lust, like the desire for material gain and like worldly acceptance and popularity and stupid stuff that ultimately doesn't mean jack at all. It's not just like flee, flee, flee. You're not running arbitrarily. You're actually running towards something else. It's not enough just to flee from the youthly passions. You also must, the text says, pursue righteousness. You don't stumble into righteousness. You don't like accidentally become holier. You pursue righteousness. You pursue faith and love and peace. You pursue these things. The word peace, I mean, we've seen that before. Love, we've seen that before. These are evidences of the Holy Spirit, right? That's part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, that love, that joy, that peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. How do, you, how do you pursue those things? You keep in step with the Holy Spirit of God. Instead of like shushing the Holy Spirit and getting, getting the Holy Spirit out of the way, you embrace that conviction of the Holy Spirit. You walk in accordance with it. It's a dangerous thing when you get really good at shoving, shoving away the Holy Spirit's conviction. Christian, watch out because there'll come a time where the Holy Spirit will say, okay, stupid, it's up to you. That's the Jesse Campbell translation. He's actually way nicer than I am. But the Holy Spirit will leave you under your vices. When you get numb, you begin to sear and carterize your conscience like with a hot iron. That's a dangerous thing. Instead of fleeing from youthful passions, you start to indulge in them. And there comes a, a point at which in order to discipline you, God will hand you over to your own devices, sometimes letting you reap the whirlwind of what you've sown. But most of the time, in my, experiencing, in my experience, protecting you from the full consequences of it. There'll be some times where he'll let you reap it and you'll linger in those consequences for a long time. I've got some scars in my heart and my life from sins that I've committed in the past, but it's not enough just to flee from those. You have to also pursue the Holy Spirit of God. Don't shove away that conviction when you know what you're doing is sinful. Instead, abide by it. Repent from sin. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turns away from wickedness. That's what he just said a couple of verses ago. And so you pursue righteousness. You pursue faith. You pursue love. You pursue peace. Along with all those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. If you're too cool for church, if you're too cool for church and you're denying Christ, watch out. We just studied the text that says, if you deny him, he will, he will, if we deny him, he will deny us. That was verse 12 of the same chapter. 
If you're too cool for church and you're pursuing youthful passions, watch out, watch out. You're gonna reap what you've sown. Instead, alongside your brothers and sisters in Christ at your church, pursue instead righteousness, faith, love, and peace. It's better by far.